to episode 58 of the Pod Punk Podcast, where I am joined this time by one of the organisers of the incomparable Manchester Punk Festival. He's also part of Manchester-based promotions company Moving North, and he even plays guitar in the epic hardcore punk band Throwing Stuff. It's the delightful Kieran Kelly. Kieran joins me on the show to talk about the origins of MPF, what goes into the festival, promoting gigs, playing in Throwing Stuff, how that works with a band scattered all across the UK and in one member's case, the other side of the planet, MPF memories, the wonderful people that go into making that weekend work and loads more everyone who knows me or even listens to this knows about my love for manchester punk festival and if you've never experienced it before then you should definitely get tickets from manchesterpunkfestival.co.uk right now as it is only two weeks away and from what i understand there are very 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 few tickets left so if you want to do this uh, try it for the first time or even if you're someone who's oh man, I'm not entirely sure it is a banger of a lineup and it is one of the best weekends of the year so get on that now before we get to the chat with kieran here is a track from his band throwing stuff who you can follow online at throwing stuffs uh, on instagram or throwing stuff on facebook all that good stuff it's the brilliant song aci yheb uh enjoy the song enjoy the chat with kieran and i will chat with you after I'm joined by Kieran Kelly. How you doing, buddy? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, what's 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 going on with you now? So you got a lot of uh, you're you're a busy, busy, busy man at the minute, I guess. Very busy. So festivals in twenty odd days. Um, so sorting out a lot of that. Got a lot of pre-production and crossing the T's and dotting some I's. Um, then moving off, kicking off as well. Lots of gigs being confirmed and announced and on sale whilst maintaining a normal day job having a <laughs> puppy and a wife and trying to keep everyone happy it's a busy time <laughs> yeah, the balance of real life versus the balance of doing something quite it might, for me like um i was i've said this plenty of times to people i've chatted on this is that like the idea of putting on gigs because i used to do that many many moons ago in my previous life and it was um, some of the most, in my opinion, horrible and stressful stuff that I ever did. Um, <laughs> but you, you have like, say, so got move, yeah, moving north. You've got Manchester Punk Festival and stuff. What, what, what is it that makes you want to do this? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think I've I've never really been any talent at instruments, sure. um, but always wanted to um, get involved in things and like help out in, in running things whether it was like doing shows back in Peterborough or like helping out on the door or putting bands up and stuff like that just trying to get involved in any way I can and then I started putting on shows properly when I moved to Manchester in 2010 mm-hmm. um, and then just just kept it going I think like you say like a lot of people do shows and quickly stop it and they they hated every minute of it but for some reason I just <laughs> seem to enjoy the the pain of announcing a gig 
promoting the gig, putting it on sale, doing the door a lot of the time. Yeah. Making sure everything's fine. Finish that gig off. Start another one. Rinse and repeat. I think I just I'm very addicted to being busy. Um, right. So yeah, it, it it helps me do that quite a lot. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, it's, it, it's insane amount of work. I mean, I've done everything from like uh, small pub to getting like I, I say like bigger venues, but like for DIY scene, bigger venues. Sort of like um, we did. I did Satan's Hollow once. Um, oh, did yeah. all, I did an all day there. That would that is what actually put me off um and <laughs> and the uh i did star and garter a few times as well and it's always like the when 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 it's full and it's vibrant and there's lots of people there it's always a good one but like how do you do you, how do you counterbalance those times because i imagine that not every single gig has always been a sellout or a banger so how do you sort of like cope with those ones where it doesn't quite go right yeah i think um not being so uh, reliant on it being sold out to be a banger is kind of a big thing for me as well. Like some of my favorite shows that I've done are ones where it's been like 15, 20 people. I like, because okay. um, it's kind of, it's kind of what you make of it. And the bands were happy to be there. The people that were, were in the audience were stoked about what bands they were watching. So it's not like people were moping around the venue being like, oh, this is shit. No one's here. Um, everyone's quite, uh, what's the word like grateful to 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 be there and like have people paying to watch their band and then that's sort of reciprocated with the audience and everyone just has a nice time so like yeah I remember my like lowest attended show ever such a good lineup now as well it was um a local band well-wisher Hudge from Sheffield Fashnu that's now basically Martha mm-hmm. I think On Sin played as well and then the Max Levine ensemble which is like Spoon Boy's band right right and and that was like the lowest attended moving off i think it was maybe 13 people wow um but but a, a brilliant night like you you lose a little bit of money um everyone like understands because most of the time i try and work with bands that i either like know personally have a relationship with or know secondhand and know they're like one of us if you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so they all like bought into the same sort of ethos and stuff so yeah like i mean sold out shows are great because you don't have to worry about money and things like that but then even when they're a bit smaller and less well attended you can still have a top time yeah sure i i, I guess yeah because like at the end of the day though like you, you like you're saying you got you got like martha and onsen for example two bands that i recognize from that list and they're brilliant like they're they're like great bands that are doing really well now and stuff and it's um it's strange to th- like, think that there would have been a time where only 13 people would have shown up for them but yeah it's the, it's the reality of growing the steps isn't it exactly yeah and like there's no sort of entitlement to it they're not like oh we should be playing to more people than this like people know the deal and like i'm i'm in throwing stuff and we do very little in terms of touring and gigs but if we like i think the last tour we did was with incisions and we play bristol and there was i don't know 40 people there and it was amazing like incredible just seeing anybody out and enjoying it so yeah i think it's perspective is quite important on that sort of stuff yeah when you said who's the band you said you're in sorry uh throwing stuff i've heard of them i've heard them are they they, would i have seen them at mpf or you 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 likely only have seen them at mpf we don't we tend to not do anything, but we play MPF every year. <laughs> That's where I've heard the name. Yeah, I, I'm sure I've seen you guys. That sounds like that sounds very familiar to me. What, what, why do you not really do anything? Is it kind of like not really what the point of the band is? Is it just to have a laugh kind of thing? Kinda, yeah. So that was that's definitely how it's been, and we've done like a few tours over the years. But um, just before COVID, our singer moved to Myanmar, so like a little country next to China. Right, right. Um, and he's still there, which is. Uh, really um, stopping the productivity of an already very unproductive band. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's why we don't do much. But he's, he's flying over in a couple of weeks, so he's coming over for a MPF, and he flew over last year um, for MPF, which was just like a two weeks before my wedding. So he managed to get both in. Um, oh, wonderful! So yeah, just trying to trying to finish up some tracks at the moment and try and get them out before MPF him doing vocals from Myanmar and then us recording in Manchester. So fingers yeah. crossed we can get them, get them out into the world before our only gig of the year. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, that's, that's actually the way that loads of bands are doing it now. 
like just doing it remote and everything since the adaption after COVID. I think people just kind of went, oh, we can just do this anyway. Yeah, it's mad. It's it's awesome as well. I think um, during the pandemic, like the Menzing has recorded all separate from each other, an entire acoustic version of um, Hello Exile. And then by the time the pandemic was over, it sounded so good that they put it out on like full release. Wow. And they were never in the same room as each other. It's amazing. It's Goldfinger that I that I put for that because they're the ones that during the pandemic they're the first band that I recognised anyway, doing like live recordings of videos and stuff, and they're trying to keep morale up and do all that sort of stuff. But it, it's kind of seems to be like oh, the new um, Faintest Idea track that came out today. Um, Adam Davis from Omnigon or and Link Eighty, and uh, he's done gang vocals on it from California. Yeah, and, love and that. I, and I think that's that's really wicked that like you know all parts of the world are sort of being able to come together in that because obviously you know they don't get you don't get to be around each other very often. It's expensive to fly around to just come on and put a track down. So you know it's For great. Sure, yeah, see it a lot more. I think um, Spanish love songs did a like they started like a Patreon during um, COVID to help get them through it. And they were people were voted on what songs they should cover each week. And I think it was just like a couple of them at whatever the professional version of Garage Band is. Um <laughs> and they just they just released a killers cover of um well a cover of them covering the killers, Smile Like You Mean It, and I've just been listening to it all week because it's so good. And they've just done that, I wow. assume, in in a bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> it it is mad. Like I discovered that when I was uh, I've got a Mac that I'm doing this on. I've got Garage Band, and I I've put put together music and stuff just for a laugh, and it doesn't sound too dissimilar to like a studio thing. And it's mad that you can just have that like as a free app on on a Mac, like accessible to anyone. Absolutely. It's like I am I'm not technical at all with like Garage Band or anything, but I did put a throwing stuff song together last year that. The only instrument that was played on it was a guitar. And then it was like garage band drums, me playing the bass notes through a guitar, through like the bass amp on garage band. Yeah. And then Ben doing vocals in Myanmar and we released it as a single. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. See? It's what you could do with a bit of uh, bit of DIY skill and a bit of you know, bit of time you <laughs> Exactly. Just sent it over to um Simon Small who like re-recorded he played it out of like real amps and then re and recorded it from there yeah it sounds mint awesome on, on spotify if anyone wants to listen to it all coffers should. inside your head of bastards there you go there you go everyone should listen to it i always say that you listen to new music it's awesome what so let's talk about mpf a little bit uh so were you in it from its inception Yes. Yeah. So um i think well all of us were from from its inception really started off with yeah three different promoters doing three sort of all days or like um each year so there was anarchistic undertones that used to do punks in a jungle which is like uh, a blend of like punk bands and like jungle and like garage mcs it's mm-hmm. really cool and then tns did their um i think a 10-year anniversary gig which is like the, the foundations for mpf and then i used to do a thing called manchester which was just like either one or two days bang a load of bands on yeah um and we realized that the audiences weren't crossing over as much as we'd like it's like we liked each other's bands but people would come to this or this or this yeah um and then i think bev and andy were just like should we do you want to go for a pint and just talk about what we could do um went for that pint and carried on and here we are about seven years later yeah yeah, because man, I've said this on this before. It's kind of a broken record thing, but I, I attribute uh, the fact that I do this podcast and the fact that I'm back involved in watching gigs and stuff again because of MPF. Um, because Maybe. my well, I I moved away uh, years and years ago. I was in a band and didn't enjoy being in a band. It was quite like apart from the the bit playing with the band and doing that stuff was fun, but like gigging and all that sort of stuff just it wasn't fun and I didn't feel like people um, in the scene were very, um, were very nice either. Like I found the whole thing quite um, territorial and kind of like you were saying, we go to this or we go to this or we go to this. And 
like I, I'd literally be at gigs and like there'd be four different types of bands on and you'd see crowds like come in to see one band and in the same room and then like another band would come on and they'd start playing and then they'd go to the other side of the room and just blank yeah. and then come back for like another band and that sort of thing happened a lot and I just I found the whole thing kind of just miserable really so I quit music and stopped going to gigs and just kind of went I'll focus on other things and then I started seeing my now fiance and she uh went oh do you... we were in the car and um she started playing uh chewing on tinfoil or chewy as an alcohol and I was like oh I know this song and she's like how do you know these guys and I'm like oh I, I li- like listen to like underground punk stuff in the, from the UK like still from when I was gigging and stuff and she goes oh do you want to come to Manchester Punk Festival with me and I was like yeah let's all right tried it out and the very first band that i saw was uh call me malcolm no oh yeah no tell a lie suggested friends it was suggested friends in the in the bread shed on that year oh and, yeah, yeah yeah and um i was just like this is really nice and then like the more and more gigs like so call me malcolm faintest idea etc i saw these great bands and i was just like this is lovely and everyone everyone's attitudes was different and the whole vibe and the feel of the place was totally different and it got me wanting to be involved again and not didn't want to do a band because I'm 40 years old and I can't, I can't be, I can't be imaginative anymore, but, <laughs> but stick to the podcast. Like, yeah. Podcasting, talking and retirement. Yeah. Talking nonsense is fine, but like, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's because of that. And I found that with the way that Manchester punk festival is set up as well, it's lovely. And like going back and seeing, uh, the, some of the lineups and the venues because I, I never got to see Sound Control for example which I know you guys used to run uh, early doors I never got to see that venue because it had closed down by the time I'd moved back um, or at least it was in the process of not being a venue anymore that you guys used but yeah. like um, <clears throat> but like I, I, I was like I just I adored it and then like I've been to everyone since obviously COVID one I watched that on Instagram but um, I, thought, I thought that was a good good year on Instagram, actually. Yeah, I thought it was it was really fun. To be fair, I proposed to my partner during that as well because I was going to do it at the festival, and instead I just did it in the house instead. Oh, nice! Congratulations. But thank you. But like we did that during that because it 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 kind of it 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 sort of like solidified our relationship a bit, but also like it was just a really good time, and I found that like talking to loads of people, that's the vibe they get from it as well, which is why I think it builds a lot. On, yeah, like, I think that's like the nicest like compliment we get from the festival is just everyone comments on like the atmosphere and the and the the vibe and it, how it's like you don't get that in many other festivals or many other gigs. Just like manage to cultivate just a really like safe space where people are just really comfortable hanging out. Nearly like everyone has a good time. It's self policing. There's never, almost never, like any trouble across like the various like 2000 people that are around mm. um and people just like go with such open minds to watching different bands making different friends throughout the weekend and stuff like it's so great to like hear people meeting at mpf or like finding out like this band from mpf and then like five years later they're just like best friends with these people or have seen seen this band like 10 times yeah. um yeah everyone comes with an open mind it's so great it's one of the other thing that I always say to people about the festival is like if you do your day planner and you've got spare time, like if you say for example, there's like two bands, there's two hours between uh, bands that you don't that you want that you've come to see, and you don't know what to do for those two hours. I always say go Zombie Shack because it's where I found the Mighty Boss Mags, for example. And I was like, I'd Zombie's never, great. I'd never heard of these people, this band at all until uh, going to MPF, and my mate just went, oh, do you want to go check out the Zombie Shack? And you see more weird and wacky kind of music, but a lot of it's really great that you wouldn't think to go to see. Yeah, I think Zombie is such a gem because it's like, there's a, it's either bands that um, not many people know about, so it's like the smallest venue, but they're just, the, it's so, for people that are listening that have never been to Zombie Shack, it's like a badly done tiki bar with a, tiny stage in the corner um that just looks like intimate with 10 people and then intimate with like 150 people which is i think the capacity of it and yeah except that's such a spot-on idea just popping in there and then you're guaranteed to find something something that you've that might blow your mind 
uh, like, yeah, like, that like you, didn't, from... you didn't know you needed. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, expand the horizons of it as well. Kind of thing. Um, yeah, for sure. I l- I'm looking right now at, I think, was your first um, MPF lineup. Um, and you had Creeper and Boston Manor on there as well. Is that, tr- is that yes, right? We've got the first one? Yeah, the Friday night. It was. Um, what a crazy what couple of bands in retrospect to have on. Yeah, Simmer, Hindsights, Boston Manor and Creeper, Friday night of sound control, yeah. <laughs> like did when you when you book these bands do you did, did when you think of it like, like like back on those kind of things when you book them what what's your kind of philosophy on who you book and why um so in general we'll try and book bands that we know are like within the the diy community that are like friends of friends or like putting good work in and good music and stuff um that are like built and like have the similar ethos and stuff to everything that that we do um and then there's like the bigger bands that we don't know personally but you can still get the idea of of who's an mpf sort of band i guess so we'd be booking bands like the flatliners and off with their heads and bands of that ilk maybe less so less than jake and like um no effects maybe Mostly because we can't afford either of them, but um, <laughs> there's, there's like a, a sort of genre of MPF. I think similar to how um, the Fest in Florida that kind of has a bunch of bands that it, it constantly books and picks from. And I think we're kind of along a similar vibe as mm. that. Um, a lot of the time, it's like my friends' band and and whoever <laughs> from that. So it's good. Like there's um there's a band called Stay Put that are playing this year. Um, and that's some of the guys that used to play in As We Sink from Cornwall. Yeah. And I met them when they toured with Narwhals and I put a show for them, put on a show for them with about three days notice. And then just, just stayed in touch very loosely. Haven't spoken to Joe in, I don't know, five years. And then he just texted me saying, do you reckon we could play MPF? And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> Please don't text me if you've heard this <laughs> and then ask to play MPF because he, he just he caught me on a good day. But um, <laughs> it's that sort of stuff being able to like pay back favors for people that have like hooked you up in the past. Um, always try and like get some. So I'm from Peterborough originally, so always try and get some bands from down there on. So this year we've got the Deadites, um, which is really cool, like early against me sound and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a great notion as well who are playing Yes, so they're like um some peterborough heads that i always try and get involved um so yeah it's nice to mix the old and the new and then also have like a lot of control as to who who i want to book for these 24 plus bands yeah because like you guys have gone like you were saying before about like the less than jakes and the the no effects i guess of the world and stuff but like is there is there sort of a cap or a limit on how far or how big you want this festival to go because you know, I guess, of, yeah, it's like yeah. so we've been growing slowly, which I think is the best growth. Um, but there is a limit for demand for like who wants to come and see these sort of bands. I think the biggest bands from our sort of scene, you'll be looking at like Against Me, Menzingers, um, Hot Water Music, those sort of bands, and I think that's probably probably the ceiling there so depending on how how close you can get to, to booking them because we're also like we sell between like 1500 and 2000 tickets so it's not it's not huge but it's not small um yeah. but then some of these bands do i mean menzingers do more than 2000 tickets on their own so it's trying to find the balance and, and what's realistic and stuff mm-hmm. um so i think the ceiling is probably where we are right now um, I think we could, we could go a little bit further, um, but I think we're proper slow about growing it because we don't want to ruin it. Because yeah. I think we've been building it from it was seven fifty cap to start with, and now it's sixteen hundred or eighteen hundred, um, and that's across seven years. So it's really slow growth, but I think that's the best way to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've managed to grow and sell more tickets and not lose the atmosphere and the sort of intimate community feel which i think is the most important thing i think i'd agree with you because like for me i think that like 
the next level up sort of festival for me and is would be something like a slam dunk and i think those kind of that festival um can feel incredibly soulless and can feel incredibly like and the we said it before about the safety in the community and the policing and the the welcoming nature that is not there at that festival it from in my experience at least anyway um and i think one of the things that i really love about mpf is the fact that it's it feels big because it's over these different areas of manchester but also it's got the intimacy and the hope like the homeliness i guess of the venues like the venues that you've picked i think are absolutely class venues for for this sort of show for this sort of festival maybe. yeah i think i think i don't think it could work in any other city in the uk apart from manchester because we've just got such a good array of like decent independent music venues within walking distance of each other that all serve different purposes, have different personalities and things like that. So you've got like Zombie Shack, which is obviously a bit of a weird one. And then you've got Yes, which is a bit more of like a cooler venue. Yeah. Bread Shed, bigger, Gorilla, quite like high tech, um, good quality and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like having the, the mixture of those venues lends itself really well to creating different atmospheres throughout the day, but they're all they're all good in their own right. Do you have a, do you as a, because I get, do you get to see any of the bands during the weekend, or are you just too busy, busy, busy? Uh, I I try. I make I make my schedule, and I try and I try and stick to it, and then I try and make it so when I'm going across town to various venues to catch the bands, I'm doing my work along the way. Well, basically, sure. like a lot of the work on the weekend is done by the volunteers. Um, yeah. So that we're essentially kind of on call at this point. So. We'll like put out any fires, sort out problems, make sure things are running okay. But the stage managers manage the stages, uh, the volunteers sort the tickets and the merch and stuff like that. Um, so it does allow us some time to go and catch these bands that we've been hassling for various different parts of information for 10 months and actually <laughs> get to just watch 20 minutes of, 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 of punk rock in the middle of it all. Yeah, do you have a favorite venue from the ones that you do or? Um, not really um and it, it totally depends on on the band and like the um and the, and the i guess a lot of variables so like last year watching chewy in the union was so great because it's a huge room and it was really busy and like everyone was singing along and it was like they've not played a show like this this big in this country for i don't know ever and it's great being able to like put them in that situation but then at the same time just to use Chewy again, they played like the after party about four years ago at Breadshed and it was just chaos and it was like perfect <laughs> for that. So I think, and then I've seen some brilliant sets in um, Gorilla, brilliant sets in in the basement of Yes last year for like Russo's set down there was great. Um, yeah, it's just a, just a mix. I think every venue has its own like draw and like good points. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not picking favorites out of my babies. Not fair enough. <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. Uh, who, who for this year then? Um, do you think that people might uh, bands that people may not have heard of that you think uh, your personal taste, of course, bands that you think people should be on the lookout for for this year's festival? So my top two at the moment, probably one is Bad Nerves, who are headlining the Sunday at Gorilla. Who they're not really in, like. The, the punk scene so much even though like the record they released is should be like most people's favorite album of, of last year it's like it sounds just like the marked men but a bit more accessible um and polished and it's just so catchy like i can't recommend listening to bad nerves enough to anyone that likes punk music so do that um and then the other one is a band called phantom bay okay They're from germany i want to haphazardly guess um they just dropped me an email and i i was like no like no room or this or that because i didn't i had a very long list of other bands and then i checked out their record and it just hit me really quickly and i was like oh my god this is so good <laughs> um they kind of sound like a mainland europe version of like touche and more oh, um nice. really really good um i can't remember what the record's called but it's got like a sort of gray cover i think it's just might be their only album um but yeah phantom bay 
one of my one of my top picks. I think they're kicking off the day at Bredshed on Saturday. Okay. Um, and then Catbite, who are playing on the Sunday, like super good ska band from America, yeah. like absolute vibes. Um, and then really looking forward to catching catching Chewy. No, not Chewy. Sorry, catching Bangers, who have reunited after me trying to email them every year, basically being like, "Fancy it yet?" Do you fancy it yet? Do you fancy it yet? And then I finally <laughs> ground them down um, and they're playing that. So it'll be bangers on sin to the flatliners closing out the union on Saturday, which is going to be perfect. Yeah, that's that's actually my on sin and uh, flatliners was my close on Saturday because like you guys have done something amazing for me personally because I know I've seen online that it gets a bit touchy with uh, clashes. And stuff but for me personally yeah. i want to thank you because uh i have one clash who is it uh it's uh flatliners and um oh what are they called uh, Lightyear. yeah like yeah of course yeah that's the only clash of oh, <laughs> I, 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 I looked through the lineup and i was just like oh it's so good and then i was just like nothing clashes <laughs> <laughs> yeah people to be fair no, we don't get many complaints about clashes like people understand that if you're booking 120 bands, there's going to be some that I like that are going to play at the same time. But yeah, yeah. rest assured, listening audience, we put so much time and arguments and effort into making that like Clash Finder make sense in terms of crowd, genres, band members being in three different bands that can't clash with each other, bands being on tour with each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, coming out with only one clash, you've done very well. I thought so. I thought so. I was I, when I downloaded the app, I was going through and I was just I just highlight all the bands and then see what goes from there. And I was just like so surprised. <laughs> and Stop incredibly to any new music now. So don't yeah. ruin it with a new band. Oh yeah. <laughs> just keep it like it Bay, never heard of them. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but, uh, it's going to be. Uh, is, is it, it the the break between? Um, covid and uh you know the two the mpf that we missed during covid and stuff so then was it when you when you came guys came back was it more like what did you try and you because you didn't really try and emulate the festival like you didn't try to really bring too many of them back you seem to just do a fresh thing was that on purpose as well or um was it like just schedules sometimes didn't work and it just yeah it was a little bit like we wanted to try and get the most of the lineup or like a bit of the lineup again. Um, but for whatever reason, you couldn't get X, Y, or Z band and go there. And then some of us felt an obligation to rebook the 2020 bands um, for last year. I just kind of was like, I'm going to go fresh. Um, not literally the band fresh, but I'm going to go <laughs> fresh. And oh, I did book them actually. Yeah, they're uh, good. <laughs> and um and, and go from there and just start start again because that two years like similar to what we've been talking about before is is a long time in terms of music like some bands have broken up by the time mpf came around some bands had started by the time mpf came around again so i thought i'd just go from go from scratch again yeah. um which i think i think is good because then you if you wanted to come for the last lineup um for the cancelled lineup you still get most of it um, but I think we had flatliners and off with our heads for that one, and now we've yeah. got them this year. So yeah, you do. Only took only took three years. <laughs> Is it? Um, so like you've had some um, quite quite like one of the bands that I was quite impressed that you guys had, but it was the year before I, th I think it was the year before my first one, which was, was Propaganda. Yeah, um, like that that kind of stuff's pretty pretty sick. But they they in my head they're. It's 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 not it's not meant to sound as mean as this, but they're like they they should they I think they're a level above like the DIY yeah. scene almost. So yeah, I think yeah. um that that opportunity came around too early for us really. Like right, we'd have preferred we'd have preferred to get offered propaganda like year four or five or something like that. Um, but it just happened to line up with a tour that they were doing. Um, and because they're really like heavy into like the ethos of things, they don't like playing sponsored festivals and things like that. So our festival being completely independent um, worked well. Um, so we just like we had to say yes. And we we're like, the festival's probably not big enough for this yet. Um, but we might never get another chance to book a band like Propaganda. So, yeah, let's do it. And then 
we had them. It was chaos. Uh, the queue was huge, but I think most people managed to get to see them. And then we had like because they were touring with Iron Sheik at the time. Yeah. So we we had to put them up against each other, like clashing, because otherwise everyone would have gone to propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the end, we had like I think it was propaganda and gorilla. Iron Cheek and Rebellion, and then Citizen Fish at Breadshed, and just all three venues like fully packed out on the Saturday night. Like it just went brilliantly. That's that's lovely that you know the other bands didn't miss out on like because you know you got a, a world-renowned sort of popular band in the scene sort of thing going. Like it's good that it's got the that diversity and stuff because there's probably people that come to the festival that were like, "Oh, propaganda, don't want to see them." Exactly, yeah. And it's like, yeah. I'll go catch Citizen Fish or I'll, I'll go watch Iron Sheik. Um, yeah. So that's like, I think across the three, sometimes four venues, because Zombie Shack sometimes runs late as well, there's there's something. If you don't like the Union headliner, then there'll be something completely different in Gorilla. There'll be something completely different in Breadshed. Um, or you can just go to one of the Manchester's very wonderful watering holes around the, <laughs> around the town otherwise. Thirsty Scholar, that's where it's at. There you go. I absolutely love that pub. Um, when did you start? So when, when what was the decision made to then bring in sort of like podcasts and comedy and spoken word and things like that? How did that come into the, involved in the festival? Um, I think maybe like years three or four, we were thinking about what we could do to like um, boost it up a little bit. And we went, the guy... Um, yeah, someone reached out from Dead Cat Comedy Club um, and just hit us up saying, oh, they liked MPF um, and would we like to come and catch them perform um, in the Northern Quarter in Manchester? And we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll take guests to a comedy show. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so we watched Red there. Um, they were great. And then they like mugged us off and they called us Manchester Punk Society and mocked us for not having mohawks and things like that during, <laughs> during their set. Um, which is really good and then we were like maybe we should put like a comedy stage together to like let people sit down after like being hammered by punk bands for a day or two or three yeah. um, and so we gave like Red free reign to kind of build that stage and then we got Henry on from a poetry angle so then we ended up with a, a commentary and poetry stage and then I think last last year before COVID we were like well let's just throw podcasts into the mix as well then um, so we've got all three of them as well. Like just, just to add something different to, if you don't want to watch another band, then there's an option for you just to sit down and listen to two people talk shit like <laughs> you and I are doing now, yeah. or, um, listen to some jokes and laugh your head off, um, things like that. Yeah. So I think it's really, it's really added to the festival and made it like made people have a few more options throughout the day. Sure. Like again, adding to one of the major themes of the festival which is to the diversity of everything because it's that that foot that sort of falls through all the ethos i think from the festival it seems to be the thing that really resonates from it yeah i think the, the diversity thing is super important to us um although we are like six dudes running a festival um we really put a lot of effort into the bands that we're booking and the acts that we're booking to ensure that as diverse as can be we try and get like a 50 50 split of like male and female identifying artists throughout the all the bands that we book which not a lot of festivals do um mm. or even pay attention to but we we think it's really important um and it's evident in like the crowds that come each year like if you're gonna have more women on stages playing guitars you're gonna have more people watching those women on stages playing guitars which then makes people want to play guitar so I think it just it's a natural thing that we 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 take really seriously and i think um there's such a humongous amount of talent out there um in those sort of bands so yeah it's been great just being along for the ride as lots of these bands like take off so yeah so to carry on that point that you were saying about like you know it, i think i think that's one of the the brilliant things about about this in general is that like if like more more females uh would want to form bands and stuff if they see like it, it's it's that thing isn't it like if you see i if this if there's representation for everyone then more people will get involved in those um various arts won't they yeah it's kind exactly of... like if, if all you do is see men playing guitars on Kerrangle day you're going to be like oh that's cool but 
that's not me and I'll I'll never achieve that. Whereas yeah, I grew up watching like men play guitars playing on Kerrang and I was like, Oh, I can be in a band, I can do that. Yeah. And it makes so much sense to have the representation balanced out and then it's only a good thing and it can push things forward. Yeah, for sure. Because like the more that we got that, because we got loads of there's loads of like you said, loads of talented bands like Catbite, for example, off the top of my head, fresh. Um suggested friends who are sadly no longer with us because they quit. Uh they they broke up. But like yeah. you know what I mean? The, the more and more of that that you get, then the more interesting like um you had um one of my favorite bands, uh Spoken Gives You Big Tits playing the opening of last yeah. festival. And I I only saw them because they're friends with friends. They they said, Oh, come check out our mates band and i was just blown away like genuinely one of the best bands of the festival um but not but it, it's not like i looked at it and went oh it's a girl band like it's it's just a band you know almost yeah i think it's less because like in um and i used to do it in the past as well with flyers and stuff you'd put like female fronted punk rock or something like that yeah exactly and you don't you don't need to do that anymore and it's like you just say this band is playing you go up and you're like that was incredible it's not like you're good at drumming for a girl. Like it's that you're a good drummer, but yeah. I think a lot of people are still, still trying to get a handle on how to talk to other humans. But um, <laughs> I think at, at MPF in general, that it seems to be a lot more of a, a welcoming um, and diverse attitude from everyone. Yeah. And that's again, what makes, what I think make, like I, I've fallen on this festival a lot. Like I mentioned it a lot in, in this podcast, but it's, it, it it's, for for me and like a lot of people, like th- this year actually, I wasn't meant to be coming. Like I, I because of the I've got a little one now. I I've sort of tried to nail like knock off going to gigs a little bit to because yeah, you know babysitters and imposing priority, on other people. Change, yeah. Exactly priorities change and stuff. And then the lineup just kept getting tastier and tastier. And I was then like, and my, my fiance just went, oh, go if you want. And I was like, oh, but you won't be able to go because she'd end up looking after the little one. And she was like, no, 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 go. And then I think it was when you announced uh, Big D the Kids Table, Cat by and Kill Lincoln. And I was just like, oh, yeah, sweetie, I got to go. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> but it, the skank you know, needs me. Exactly. Uh, but it was just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's it, it felt like a, it felt like it, I was missing out on it, on it, on something this, which I don't feel like 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 I said with Slam Dunk or with any of the major big festivals like your downloads and your reads, leads and readings. I never feel like I'm missing out on those, but this is something that I feel like I miss out on. Um, yeah, I think I, I think that's good, and I think you're like maybe the, the royal you or whatever is 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 part of the reason why you feel like that as well because it's full of people like you that doesn't want to miss out on it, and those people making the decision to always attend and make it a good atmosphere because it's all people that attend that make it a good atmosphere it's not necessarily through us yeah um, and i think that's what makes people want to come back every year they're like oh i had such a great time i remember that feeling i haven't had that in 12 months definitely want to go again yeah for sure um, let's let's shout out your volunteers for a second then so how many volunteers do you guys actually uh have roughly i want to say 20 maybe yeah. 30 um doing various jobs um so from like they'll be the first people you see when once you go in the door to get your wristbands so you got all volunteers for wristbands um selling the merch so festival merch as well and then we have stage managers so we'll have two on each stage um some of them are just doing it to help us out some of them are stage managers by trade but donating us their time because they love the festival so shout out to lee and kurt um and then we've got people that keep the green rooms healthy so keep them tidy keep the bands uh well oiled shall we say <laughs> um and things like that and then everyone that helps load in load out um and stuff like that as well so like a good army of, of absolute legends that help us out every year and some do do it every year um and they, and they keep wanting to come back and and work and help us out and be part of the festival that way, which is which is really flattering. Yeah, that's they're 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 brilliant people because like I guess as a punter, I just assumed it was they were you know payroll or whatever. But like the fact that they donate their time for that weekend all day each day and just put in that much effort is quite a it's quite an awesome thing that these people do. Yeah. And it is, but just to clarify, we don't work these volunteers all day, every day. 
we give, oh, them, no. <laughs> we, give them, we give them two shifts two shifts over the weekend and then they're free to go and enjoy whatever bands they like but oh, for... they but they do they do they do do an awesome job regardless but uh we yeah this year we we've made it so that um it used to be three shifts over the weekend and now we've made it two and we've changed the timetable a little bit to allow a bit more of a work-life balance for our volunteers lovely because that's what we need <laughs> yeah but that, that's some that, that, like i say it's just brilliant that you have like people that also want to do that for you guys you know yeah it's it's great and it's just testament to like this whole community that is around like the uk diy scenes people aren't there just to lag in and, and take the piss like they genuinely want to see things like mpf be successful and be sustainable um and if what their way of helping that happen is by giving us eight hours over the weekends um then that's amazing yeah i say it was the one thing i experienced was i can't remember the band but it was uh outside gorilla um and a band a member of a band came running out and was like my amps wrecked i got it's broke like i i don't know what we can do we got we're on in like five minutes or something and i remember someone um who was loading up their their gear just literally grabbed their stack gave it to him and said here go use that for the for the thing i was like that's beautiful like because i except for me being in bands years ago and it, it was it was always like you're not using our kit you can't use yeah. our amp and it, it, there was a lot of that going on this that now it just seems like everyone's just friendly <laughs> yeah exactly and like that's that's true testament to the sort of vibe of of the scene that and the community that we work in is it's just like oh someone's in trouble i'll help them out it's not like oh kind of expensive and it's got my settings on it just like yeah just <laughs> I mean, no, like everyone's respectful anyway. So no one's going to, if you lend them a guitar, they're not going to smash it at the end of their set. <laughs> exactly. Um, so people are happy to trust each other, like with a moment's notice, borrowing their stacks and stuff like that. That's a, that's a very nice story. I like that a lot. It's, it looks like it was, you see, these are the things I guess that you guys, because you're busy and stuff, you don't necessarily get to be part of. But, you know, it, it's it's nice to hear things, I guess, from, from that point of view of the, of the people that like really are dedicated to coming to watching and being part of it like just and the bands themselves seem to be like i said different to how i don't know they, they seem more like um open and friendly and like not fr like they're not friendly in general but do you know what i get do you get what i'm going for it's just like they just yeah. seem to be more relaxed and more themselves that's the word yes that's why definitely about. like more more comfortable like almost playing to a crowd of like their people and like they don't know everyone like personally but they know the vibe of, of of the event and everything like that so they feel a lot more relaxed than if they were playing like a headline show or like a festival show to general public and stuff like that yeah the after show parties they're great fun they're caught they're normally bands doing covers of other bands and stuff is there any of, yeah for you have, have, do you have any bands that you're like i'd like to hear them do this good question um oh, good question nothing nothing really in particular because most of the bands that i grew up liking are largely cover bands anyway just with different lyrics aren't they Every, sure. everyone sounds like <laughs> the same gruff punk band <laughs> sure yeah but um but uh, the after parties are so fun like i'm really looking forward to saturday night because because graftioki um people that aren't aware is where um, people submit songs to this band that they want to sing in advance. The band learns the song, and then the person gets to sing it in a sold-out, like, 450-cap venue in a nice. beautiful party atmosphere. And it's always great. There was, like, I think the last last one I can remember, there was, like, Newfound Glory, Operation Ivy, Alkaline Trio, uh, maybe a bit of ACDC, just loads of good shit. And then nice. it's just such a party fun atmosphere to like finish the night off um yeah so very much looking forward to that looking forward to call me malcolm as real big fish yes looking forward to in evil hour as afi and then uh chloe Hawes is doing a full band gaslight anthem cover set on the sunday as well which is like a, a big band of mine so yeah I, I love doing that as well just i used to be against the idea of like cover bands because it's like corny or it takes time away from other bands that could be playing their own songs but I think after 12 hours of bands, you just want to have a party, don't you? Yeah, I, I think so. Cause it's like, I, I love a, I love a punk cover. Uh, generally speaking, like I, I 
think me first the gimme gimme's of are probably what like i've got two there's two gigs that i've ever been to where i felt nothing but happiness all the way through and it was when i saw billy joel at old trafford which is not nice. st- strictly punk rock but it, it's a it's a thing for me as a kid and then the other thing was the other one is me first the gimme gimme's i saw them at the ritz and i saw them recently when i was in australia on holiday um in sydney and both times i was just happy and beaming the whole time because there's something really fun about it i know i'm i know what you mean about like if 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 it's like i don't know uh any band playing it and then they suddenly break you out into the cover it can be a bit like but if the point of it is that then it's yeah it's a, it's a different sort of atmosphere in my head yeah i i agree completely and there's there's definitely a time and a place for it and if if any band you're watching can just make you happy for 30 minutes an hour then that's great isn't it yeah and that's all we want from this um if you had unlimited funds at your disposal um would who would you love to bring to mpf that you haven't been able to um unlimited funds i would uh create a time machine and get the joe strummer to still be alive and have the clash play nice um without dipping into science i'd love to have i'd love against me they're like one of my favorite bands of all time um not very active these days so it's hard but um that's always been like my number one band to get that's from like mpf one i've always been like i wonder if we could ever get against me so that's like the big one um the bands like mostly bands that don't do anything anymore so like dillinger four would be yeah. a huge band to get over um the lawrence arms that don't really tend to do much but those those sort of bands gag in to get it done and then i'm hoping that not anytime soon but the, the men's is rise in popularity just just levels off a little bit in order to be able to play uh mpf and then they can release another record and go to the moon again but just 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 down a little bit yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh yeah but yeah it'd be nice that like i i think for me it would be like getting like some of the i i love the old household name records bands um captain uh, everything like, or someone like that back would be yeah captain oh. everything would be awesome if, if they ever wanted to play music together again um like cap down just all those bands on that sort of label were just instrumental for for so much of, of what came after um yeah any any of those like sort of we've been doing quite well with older reunion bands um yeah. of late um so who knows? Who knows what we can do? Although I think Captain Everything might be out of the out of the question. Um, and then there's the Steel as well. Yes, they were like a a big, big, big band for a lot of us. But um, I'm certain that will never ever happen. But it's nice to nice to dream. Well, it's always nice to have fun with this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, along those lines would be awesome. Been lucky enough to book some uh, bands that probably would have been on that list before, like. Flatties, off with their heads, um, propaganda, iron cheek, all these sort of like great names that we've we've done. Um, but there's like some newer bands as well, like like Joyce Manor and and Pup and things like that would be, I think, would go down really well. And yeah. slight slight different sound, um, as well. And then just spend my days occasionally just like messaging bands on Instagram, being like, fancy it? And like, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> It's yeah. They they should all just reform for us and just let us have our festival that we all want, right? Just we'll make it. A, e- we're we're going to need a bigger easy. boat though. <laughs> just make it easy on us. It's all. It's all we yeah. ask. <laughs> so for this year's festival, uh, I know you give me two of uh, bands you may not have heard of, but for you uh, over the weekend, then who else should people be? Do you think people should be psyched for? Um. So I'm just trying to think about it in in the days. So Friday, I I'm really looking forward to catching Big D in the kids' table. Like not seeing them since they played in Peterborough about 15 years ago. So yeah, very keen to to catch them. Um, having the Flatliners back, they headlined a second. I've got beer out of it right here actually nice they, nice. Had, they headlined uh our second mpf in 2016 um so they're the first time we've had like a headliner a main stage headliner back um which is like a quite a nice romantic 
way of looking at things. So I'm really excited to see them. And it's like a huge, not a huge gig for them, but like they don't, they don't headline in, in the UK to 900 people. So it'd be really nice to, to put them on a stage that they deserve with their normal crowd. Um, and then Sunday, I think cat bite and then into shit present and bad nerves is going to be, it's going to be a, a very good ending. Um, yeah. Ship Present have got a new record coming out in May. They got three singles off it on Spotify now. Um, also, one of my top five for for the weekend. Brilliant, Kieran. Man, what about you? Bit, uh, for me, oh, let's go with that. Okay, let's have a look. Let's have a look. See, I've got the lineup here. Uh, oh, actually, I'll go in my app because that's make that would make more sense to actually see what I've genuinely what you, what put you down. picked. <laughs> what I genuinely put down. Uh, let's have a ganders here. As it boots up, so I have got. I'm going to go see uh, Hello and Hoof to open up because Danny nice. Barrett. Danny Barrett's a good boy, and uh, I love. I love that show. It's it's needlessly fun. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. yeah. It sounds like it's going to be chaos. Yeah, the the Royal Rumble um, mm-hmm. format. You told me about that on this, and I was just like, that's genius. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's got such a weird Reeves and Mortimer like just sensibility about him it's it's just so much fun um bruce control i'm gonna go see human project because unfortunately they're breaking up uh and playing their last ever show at mpf so uh faintest idea uh yeah. i can never i can never pronounce this sturge snack i think stodge, it's stodge stodge snack Stoy. Stoy. he's i know he's danish so it's yeah i'm i'm, I'm not the wiser <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but I'm going to go see him. Uh, Kill Lincoln and Big D at the kids' table. Uh, Saturday, at the moment, all I've got is Pew, 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 uh, Call Me Malcolm and the Flatliners. In that so, case, before that, go catch Phantom Bay at Breadshed. Yep. And then Kiss Kitty are on just after them. Their class. They're from Liverpool. Okay. And then their throwing stuff are playing at Gorilla, so you can come and watch me. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. I'll do you, that. You can, you can heart that one. I'm going to add that. Uh, and then Sunday, it's Slacker, The Mefs, uh, Cat Bite, Harrigan, uh, Millie Manders, and then I'm ending it with Wonk Unit. Solid. Solid day, that. I said the only clash was Flatliners and Lightyear, but I've, I was fortunate enough to see Lightyear. Um, I can't remember they were, who they were supporting. It might have been Real Big Fish. At the, uh, I think the so, yeah. I think it was them. Because I think... Yeah, because I, I I always confuse that gig with the me first to give me gimme's one because I think it was King Prawn supporting me first. Yeah, was it um, was it Lightyear, Anti Flag, and Real Big Fish? It wasn't Anti Flag. It was um, it was someone else. I th- you know what? Right. So this is a this is a misnomer thing that happens with me a lot. Buster Shuffle is the one person right who I have never seen, but is on ninety percent of the gigs I go to. <laughs> I've unfortunately because of the hours I work, I always I I I always unfortunately miss the first band if they if, like if they're kicking off at seven, yeah, in in the week I'm missing that first band. It's just not happening, and it's always Buster Shuffle. <laughs> the, the closest I ever got to hearing him uh, live was I walked through the door of the Ritz and he went, "We've been Buster Shuffle. Good night," and he walked off. <laughs> I was like, I'm never seeing this guy. Like ever, but yeah, um, just destined to never, never catch him. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, I've seen Lightyear recently, so I can get over not getting to see them this time. Fair, you got to justify it to yourself, haven't you? I have to, I have to, even though I adore the band and, like I said, Household Day Records band, Scar band. It's yes. every, yeah, it's everything. All like. the boxes. Exactly, but yeah, um, it's dude, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. I really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck with the festival. Um, if I see you around, I'll give you a bit of a wave and stuff. But yeah, um, definitely. dude, it's it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for putting on the festival generally. Um, and uh, good luck with all the um, up north gigs as well. Thank you very much. Thanks for no thanks for having me on. It's been a, very been a pleasure. Welcome. You're very welcome. Cool. All Catch right, mate. you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks a lot. See you later. <laughs> see you, dude. There you go. That was Kieran Kelly from Manchester Punk Festival moving north and throwing stuff. A huge, huge, huge thank you to Kieran for coming on the podcast. And as always to you for listening to this show, please give it five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. Let people know that it's there by sharing it to all of your friends, 
every single one of them they deserve to see and li- they need well they need to hear this podcast it's not a video i think so they need to hear this podcast um give it five stars and subscribe on all the major platform networks if you can that'd be brilliant if you want to be an absolute gem of a human being please follow us on social media at podpunk podcast on facebook pod underscore punk on twitter or podpunk podcast on instagram where we update you with all the guests and all that fun stuff um if you're also one of you dead cool please listen to billy joel armstrong music uh, that you can follow that on instagram at billy joel armstrong music and you can find us on spotify on apple music on deezer uh, and we have a bank camp as well so if you want to chuck us a couple of uh, pennies to uh help us out with that song that would be brilliant um yeah that's everything for now thank you very much i'm gonna go enjoy manchester punk festival in two weeks uh hopefully i'll see some of you there if you do see me say hi if you know who i am if you don't know who i am you won't speak to me i guess because why would you (laughs) yeah bye